Today feels like a greater holiness. Very good. <laughs> Let your holiness burn right through our foreheads. Praise God. Welcome. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Let fresh fire be poured right on your head so you don't end up dead. <laughs> there is no greater joy than the person who's driven out the human being from their entire temple. Your joy will dramatically increase as you sacrifice your carnal mind. He entered the joy prepared for him, scorning the shame of a human being. Which means, immediately upon driving out the shame of the human being from your innards and your outards, you'll be joined to measurements of Jesus Christ's joy in heaven. <laughs> this is what the Holy Spirit is covenanting you to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. And as you rise, you get wiser. Why? Because the Bible says, Wisdom builds up seven pillars. Which means every degree of rising from the dead, rising from your humanity, you'll get wiser and wiser. Now wisdom is simply angelic intelligence. And if any of you lack angelic intelligence, angelic vision, angelic thought life, ask of the Father and He shall give it to you generously. <laughs> God wants to impart into us His intelligence, which He calls in the Bible, wisdom. Now, religion is the exact opposite of angelic intelligence. Religion pretends to be God's intelligence, but is the intelligence of the devil. That's true. It's not angelic, it's demonic. And it rips people off. It causes them to judge unrighteously. It causes people to be deceived and become delusional in a confidence of the devil and not Jesus Christ. So in order to have God's intelligence, God's wisdom, we must first understand our wisdom and our intelligence is demoniacal. Demoniacal. Truth in you. So you can give up demoniacal intelligence, demoniacal wisdom, and in that burning on the altar of fire, that fire that burns up human wisdom, human intelligence, is God's wisdom. God's wisdom is fire. Why? Because God himself is fire, as it is written. Your God is an all-devouring fire, Deuteronomy 4.24. And Jesus the Christ has been made 
wisdom unto us. Which means God's fire is God's wisdom. We know that the final baptism that leads us upward to God the Father, according to the Bible, is the baptism of fire. Now, baptizing people in fire is the exact same as growing them in angelic intelligence. It's growing in wisdom. (laughs) So if you understand, in order to grow, you need divine wisdom. You need understanding in how the fire operates as God himself. Amen. And the path of fire is the path of all the holy angels. What is concentrated fire? Lightning. I will show you the paths of lightnings. I will reveal to you the path of righteousness. It will shine ever brighter. Why is it shining? Because it's the intelligence of God and it's the very radiance of the light being. God shines and is brilliant. We call people brilliant if they're smart. Well, God's brilliance is his light, which is his wisdom. And in order to receive more of it, there must be a burning of what intelligence or oftentimes in our human condition, lack thereof, Paul says, not many of you were well educated. And Jesus' disciples were fishermen, tax collectors, and some prostitutes. So it's not about a qualification of natural education. It's a qualification of burning up the natural man to make room for more fire. Now he wants to form in you a menorah. If you study the Bible, the only light in the temple was the menorah. There was no other light. There was no natural light. It was the light that God had lit supernaturally and the priests kept it burning. Which means God will light you up with the Holy Spirit. God's word lights you up by his own power. Your job is to allow it to continue burning. So the priests allow the fire to consume them always against their comfort zones. Now, when people backslide, the fire goes out and they get dim, they get dull, they get worldly, they get lukewarm, they get anti-Christ, which is simply lukewarmness. They get into sin, rebellion, they start drinking alcohol, they stop reading the Bible, they start lusting after boys and girls and seeking the pleasures of the flesh. This is common to everyone whose fire goes out. So oftentimes, what does the Bible say? God is married to the backslider. <laughs> That's a promise of his name, his virtue, his character is he's married to you when you're unfaithful. We're likened unto Homer. Yeah, and he's Hosea, which means God knowingly married some people that are not going to be faithful to him, even in their best intentions. He's married to the backslider. He's married to the person who's not perfect towards him, but makes progress and allows the fire to deal with the idolatry 
which is immorality in our hearts and in our minds. This season, this is what the Lord says. I am going to change your minds so you're no longer the same type of mind ever again. God is going to impart into us the book of Revelation's angel rainbow fire sun upon our brains. Now that's a great covenant promise. There's an angel having a crown like a rainbow, a gigantic great angel he's called in scripture, which means archangel, and I believe it's Raphael who's going to give you a rainbow sunshine mind, a new mind where you can't think the same way. Your eyes don't wander and stray. Your eyes aren't like the animal, always looking at the things below. They'll be more angelic. God is going to do that for us. It's a promise this season in the development of the maturity of the children of the resurrection that the impartation of the angel of the sun rainbow mind and the crown of the sun rainbow will be upon our heads to have angelic sight, angelic senses. Receive it as a gift to you, a greater grace. If the lower wisdom is in the earthly and the terrestrial, then the higher wisdom is in the angelic and the celestial, which means you've had the lower giftings in the terrestrial to get you up into the higher giftings of the celestial now. These are grace gifts that the body of Christ has never walked in, even in their wildest dreams. Graces that are like solar systems, working in your body like angelic planetary spheres of angelic intelligence and ability. Which means there's going to be cosmic upgrades. Upgrades that will not even be human at all. Notice the lower graces of the terrestrial. You could use them and still practice iniquity. When that's burned out, you're found faithful below. God promotes you into the above world by the purification of your hearts. Your eyes are opened to the higher things, the angelic things, the eternal realms, the eternal rings. You begin to see a higher way, an angelic way. What is one of the very first promises in New Torah? Jesus Christ said... To Apostle Nathaniel, you will see angels. You'll have angelic vision. And you'll see the angels ascending and the angels descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus come into my heart, which means you got the Son of Man in you if you ask Jesus into your heart. Now, what's the promise? See the angels. See the eternal realms. See where they come from. How they come and how they go. How do we destroy all the works of the enemy? The Bible tells you. Death is overcome when you're angel-like. Luke chapter 20. It is written. The more angel-like, the more dominion over demons. The more dominion over Satan's. Plural, many of them. All the foul birds in the celestial realm. 
and all the terrestrial beasts of the field in the earthly realm as you grow in celestial wisdom you will have celestial dominion the only way this world will shift into God's perfect plan in original design is through a people that have great angelic intelligence great angelic wisdom so how do we purchase this wisdom sacrifice everything you have right now that you're clinging to that makes you a man or a woman that makes you a human being that makes your vision terrestrial instead of angelic I tell you the truth you can measure angelic intelligence by how much the person's spirit can see through their brain true it's something we grow in heavenly jerusalem academy is a place where we learn to completely burn off everything god doesn't value as wise purity of mind is the only way to transfer god the father's wisdom into our souls one of the promises i've been reading this week is that their faces will shine as crystals Holy Ghost has me read so much wild stuff I don't even remember where that's written but it is written and it is the truth anyhow that your faces will shine as angels your faces like Stephen 21 year old Wendy's worker fast food chain working Stephen that was so filled with wisdom was so pure of heart and mind that you could see God through the clarity of his heart and mind that's what we want that's what we're growing into and as you grow what were the things that caused you to not shine in the brilliance of the intelligence of the angels your sins will be revealed your sins of your soul your sins of your ancestors your strongholds your stubbornness especially lust you can't even have a good day unless it's a pure day in the holiness of the Lord everything else will have shame sorrow and death attached to it but you know if you are true Christians the best days of your entire lives were the days where you walked in the greatest purity there's no comparison to how it feels to be holy in heart in spirit in mind in word you didn't speak the things that were dirty that were defiled you spoke holy words therefore you had a holy mind you had holy vision your eyes didn't wander wander your ears didn't stray you were fixed and focused on the Holy Ghost this is what a disciple is now a disciple is simply a person that makes himself available to become as pure as the virgin King Jesus which means every single other thing in us is going to be dealt with <clears throat> a disciple is one who embraces correction as you can clearly see in the American church there's very few actual disciples in order to be a disciple you must embrace a daily correction of areas of your life that are falling short of what Jesus Christ himself walks in 
as Messiah. You know, Christian means messianic or a Christ one. Now, if we look at the inadequacies, if we look at the areas we fall short, we're going to be discouraged. We can't look at ourselves during the process. You can't look at how inadequate you are. You can't agree with the devil. In fact, if you're looking at yourself and judging yourself, you're in covenant with the devil. Repent. Divorce your arrangement and agreement with Satan and come into agreement with the Holy Ghost whose job of the Trinity is to clean us up and perfect us in our whole spirit, in our whole soul, our mental and moral attitude, in the feelings of our heart. You know, the Holy Ghost can so burn up your hearts that you only feel what the Holy Ghost feels. That is one of the greatest aspects of discernment is that your heart, your feeling center, which is critical, it's the redemption and the healing and the restoration of your soul if you allow your heart to be healed through fire. Now, to the animal, it looks as if you're dying. The animal will feel as if he's dying because he's losing his own feelings. It's not a matter of having your feelings hurt. It's a matter of having your feelings terminated. You cannot have human, female, or male feelings and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you cling to the animal feelings, you're saying no to the fire of God. That's where most Christians disqualify themselves, take their hearts, their feeling centers, off the altar and say, I want to feel a certain way. I have rights to how I feel. You made me feel this way. Listen, you lost your rights. If you take them back, you just go back to the devil. What's the devil? Going back to the human being. Same thing. Going back to the human manure pile of self-rights or self-righteousness that I can defend myself I can have a discernment about myself. I can have judgments and opinions. I can have all these hopes and cares in my own heart. Well, God's not your Lord. Jesus is not your master. And you're not a disciple, which is most people. Now, we need a lot of people. I would have all of you disciples of the Lamb of God because there's nothing better than feeling how the Holy Ghost, the heart of Jesus Christ, is feeling all the time. But it's costly. And what the enemy does is tempt you to build up your human heart so you're not a man or woman after God's heart. Which means you're not sacrificial. You cling to self. You love your own heart. Those who love their own hearts love sin and not Jesus. Truth in here. Those who despise, now there is a holy hatred of your human nature. It's called hatred towards sin. And if you hate the devil, you'll hate sin. And it's not so much external as it is dealing with it internal. And the overflow of the fire will deal with it external. Hypocrites hate it in others. Pharisees come around. 
this person's cotton sin? Should we use the law to kill them? They should have used the law to kill the whitewashed tomb in their hearts. They should have used the law to terminate their connection to their father, the devil. Notice the hypocrites, the play actors, the Pharisees, the teachers of the Bible. That's what they are. The teachers of the Bible. That's what Jesus Christ called them. Teachers of the Bible and Pharisees. <laughs> Isn't that exactly how it is? You should have used your teachings to terminate your human existence so that we would have an emanation of the Father coming forth through your temple with angelic intelligence. But you rarely find that anywhere. You rarely find that in the world right now where teachers are not hypocrites. Why? Because a human being can never practice the red letters unless he terminates his own heart. So what is studying to show yourself approved? A workman who needs not be ashamed, correctly dividing the word of truth. It means I've divided soul from spirit. Even in my spirit, I've divided the word from me. That's why he judges the thoughts and intentions of the spirit after the soul and spirit are divided by the word of God. How deeply will you allow the word of God to cut you in your innermost being and transform you into a Christian, a Christ one? You know, the more you allow it, the easier it is to realize Christ within the glory, the brighter it gets in you. The more you embrace judgment, the easier it is to see God. Because the only thing holding us back from seeing God is our humanity. <laughs> if you don't have human eyes and you've burned them out of your eye sockets, guess what? There'll be flashing lightnings like cherubim inside your eye sockets constantly. You know why so few see? Many claim to see so their sins remain. But if you see through a pure heart, the righteous shall see God. What does it mean? That the human being is not using its abilities. God won't even always necessarily manifest his great angelic abilities. He'll see if you just want some stuff from God for some selfish motivation. A lot of people want stuff from God just to build ministries. Just to turn ministry into some kind of hireling marketplace. I've seen that over 90% of ministers. Honestly, I've watched dozens and hundreds and hundreds and even hundreds of hundreds come out from RLM that their, their intentions of their hearts in learning and growing in God is for selfishness. <laughs> it's for covetousness. It's not for the riches of the Father. It's for riches in their own soul. They're not about glorifying the riches of the Father. Now, this is why the purity of your hearts and the intentions of your hearts are so utterly critical. Because if you set out on this Christian adventure and begin sacrificing a little bit, you need to have a foundation with no guile in it. Now, 
Jesus Christ said because there was no guile in Nathanael that he would see. Nathanael, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile, you think this is astonishing, you will see me in the kingdom of my father with angels ascending and descending. So the great covenant promises have requirements attached to it. There's fine print. It's not just, oh, give me all this glory. I want to experience all this God stuff. What qualified Nathaniel? He had a pure heart. He was not going to use the great things of Messiah, the messianic anointing, for selfishness. Therefore, God gave him a promised land reality right away. If you approach the things of God, if you approach the judgment seat, you're always going to get upgraded. Now, you can approach the judgment seat like Judas Iscariot, and he still got all the external stuff. The Bible says he went out with the 72 and performed all the same miracles as they did. You know, the Bible teaches that. Because there is an external anointing from Jesus on all of them. It didn't reveal the condition of their hearts at all. Which means you could have the devil in your heart, like Jesus Christ said, and do all the external stuff. He did the same signs, wonders, miracles. He even drove out demons. Externally looked exactly the same so that none of the apostles could figure out until later on. Which one of them was the devil? So what's the most important thing so you're not like Judas Iscariot or deceived by hanging out with Judas Iscariot? Every season we have people's hearts revealed in this ministry and people are always astonished who it is. We should come to a place of discernment where we've been seeing into their hearts accurately for months. Months. The fact that we're still so off in our discernment and judgment shows how little of our humanity has been terminated by the fire of God. You have Ophanim here that longed to dwell in a kingdom temple. He rides upon the Ophanim wheels. You realize that's a covenant promise that you can ride in a chariot of fire and be carried by the Ophanim of God? Now, what kind of vision will you have in the meantime until you grow up into the Ophanum chariots? You have the faithfulness of someone who walks with him in your spirit. Paul is dealing with infants in Christ that says, now you can lay out and soak in the spirit, but I want you to get up and learn how to walk in the spirit, which is your inner man. We have so much externalism that we have like this external discipleship and some people with good intentions have just never been around good teaching to have their inner man walk uprightly with God on the inside accurately. So there's no discernment. There's no seeing like Nathaniel, angels ascending and descending. Why? because they've had external teaching their entire charismatic lives. Most charismatic teaching right now in the church is not for the building up of the inner man. Your inner man needs to grow up 
And only when it grows up tremendously into spiritual adulthood do the greater things begin to go out of the body. Which means almost all of your childhood in Christ is in the hidden person of the heart. Most of the time, people around you are so dull, they actually think you're doing bad when you're doing great. I've witnessed this 100% of the time. When the inner man is growing, those that are externalists, which means bewitched, who are in animal form, in the human being, are always judging righteousness as rebellion. And they're judging rebellion Christian bewitchment as righteousness. Why? Because the human being is the sin nature. Even the charismatic church has justified themselves to settle for a charismatic human being. This is why even your so-called mature prophets are consistently wrong for the last several years. Because God's standard has changed even though most of the charismatic church's standard has not. You're just going to have your infancy, your incubator, your earthliness, your sand-mindedness, your tech-non-prophetics revealed. And God's going to do it. God is raising a standard like John the Baptist in these days. John the Baptist was the spirit of Elijah or the prophetic. Now the Bible says that he was no longer in the synagogue system, but he was out in the river, outside of church, outside of organized religion, outside of the Pharisees' charismaticness and the Pharisees' propheticness, because they're all prophetic. They're all highly spiritual. Truth in you. But they're still in established church religion. And what God was doing was so radical that it could not be facilitated in any church building in the first coming. And if you read the Bible, that's what it says. The first day of Messiah's ministry, he's kicked out of his home church in Nazareth. They took him to the edge of the cliff to throw him off and kill him. You realize that? Which means there will be signs when a person's sent from God. They're not going to fit in their home churches, their family churches. They should outgrow it the first day they're sent. Just like Jesus. For First John says that anyone who truly follows Jesus will have the same experiences as Jesus. If you can be conformed into your home church, trust me, you're not a sent one. You're religious and you're blind as blind gets. If you are not challenging the old system with bringing forth the new, you're not even helping anybody grow. It's true. There needs to be challenges. Oftentimes, when Jesus Christ was teaching, the response of the apostles, very, very young and dull apostles, was this is impossible. They'd get discouraged. They'd say, well, where are we going to go? I mean, he's destroying everything. Where are we, what are we going to do now? This is the hardest teaching we've ever heard. They'd look around and he would constantly offend people. 
he'd say things where even his friends would come up and be like, Jesus, now this is crazy. Don't even say those things, Peter said to Jesus. God forbid that you just be destroyed. Preserve yourself. See, the human being, the reaction why it was so diabolical, was in the self-preservation and not giving up the human being as the living sacrifice. Jesus Christ looked his friend Peter in the eyes and said, Get behind me, Satan. You have not the things of God in mind. All human self-preservation is Satan. This is all you'll deal with as you get sanctified every day. The only thing you deal with is the self-nature making religious excuses to preserve itself against the fire. And the fire of the Holy Spirit and those that walk in it, who are not as much self-preserved, will begin to appear as enemies. Isn't that how it always is? Anyone more on fire for God than you, not a strange fire, not a soulish fire, but the fire that terminates the human spirit, that terminates the human feeling and emotion. The human brain must be terminated because it's at enmity or strife against the Holy Spirit. This is where you really separate the men from the boys, is in the brain. <laughs> when you begin to terminate the human existence in the brain, people just lose their minds. They don't even know what to cling to. So you learn to rest in the fire as you lose your mind. In fact, you are never to follow any person unless they've lost their mind. Because if they're in their mind, the Bible says they're at war against the mind of Christ. You understand that's what Romans 8 says? Anybody who has not lost their human mind is a false leader. Anybody who leads by senses and reasoning, mixing it with scripture, is literally anti-Christ leadership. And that's mostly what you have out here. Mostly. So at true leadership that's cloud by day, fire by night, 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 not like external, not like, oh, I can see it out here in the wilderness of Exodus of Moses. No, cloud by day, fire by night in the temple. God's doing a work in you of transfiguration. It's called Christian metamorphosis. If you want an external fire, an external cloud, you'll run away from the internal transformation. That's how you get fake real fast. Having begun inside, trying to finish outside, Galatians 3, 1 through 3, calls it bewitchment. So you're constantly bombarded with charismatic garbage to bewitch you. Notice it's all the same junk. It's all the same revival looking, sounding junk. The difference is no yada, no sanctification, no knowing doesn't deal with guile, doesn't deal with the, the human spirit. Find me a people growing their human spirit. Those are the people shape-shifting civilization. Find me a people not transforming and terminating their spirit, and I will show you a brood of vipers. I will show you hypocrites and play actors. I will show you the seed of the Pharisees growing in 2023. 
but a people whose soil is on fire. You know what it means to have good soil? Soil that is pure fire. Why? Because when it's sown, it's sown right into the depths of the human being. That's why with some, some people, you get fruit right away. Why? Because they've already begun to deal with the demonic in their own soul. Those who haven't at all, who are just into religion of making the human soul better through Christian witchcraft, this is what offends them. How many of y'all know that's the majority? Offended by the destruction of the temple. That's what the Pharisees were. They actually quoted that on his death day. This man says he's going to destroy the temple. Notice how the Antichrist religious spirit is against the destruction of the temple. Now, we've said it before. I'll say it a million times because it's the only thing that you really need to realize in order to bring daily sacrifice. Self-preservation is arch nemesis. Self-preservation is the lukewarm spirit of Antichrist that comes with thousands of verses from demon spirits saying don't terminate and destroy the temple. They'll say be a good steward. They'll say be wise. That's not wisdom, it's diabolical. Any wisdom that is not coming down from heaven, that's purifying through fire the human being into Christ himself. Not an external study about Jesus like the Pharisees, but the internal formation of Yahweh himself. Why people don't have such God encounters is because the purpose and the function of the New Testament portrays the will of God of having the Father formed inside ourselves. If your Christianity is not about the formation of the Father inside you, you got into witchcraft, buddy. You got into false ideas about God. You have a lustful passion for the things of religion, this is very common. Not a people that are radical for burning the animal of self and lust and pride and religion, but a people that are zealous for religion upon the human being. These two bodies are the bodies of Antichrist and Christ. You will face this junk and these temptations every day of your life and only through terminating the human being by the fire of the Holy Ghost who burns it out of us constantly will you begin to see clearly the two kingdoms at work in the earth and in the heavens. Then you'll have discernment. Then you can separate strange fire and self-preservation and false external witchcraft of the occult of the angels of life that come in the guise of Christianity. Then we'll have wisdom. Then we'll have discernment at the expense of the human being. You know why those who burn up their human nature aren't deceived like the masses following false revivals, following all kinds of diabolical things of religious spirits and the false prophet in these days? Because when a person is burnt up, They're not going to follow another. 
The problem is we have not taught accurately the baptism of fire. Even the glory stream churches are not teaching accurately what the fire baptism is. It's the path of righteousness. Now, I see in the scriptures an archangel standing on the sun wearing a rainbow crown on his head. I know that level of intelligence is unknown in the body of Christ because of a lack of true fire baptism. A lack of celestial Christianity, which means a lack of angelic wisdom and intelligence. And we've settled for a fire and a zeal in the earthly. No matter how fiery you are in the earthly, you'll stay in Nebuchadnezzar's furnace, which is the king of Babylon, Satan. You'll be murdered. You'll be murdered. You'll have plans of just, oh, I've lived as fiery and hot for God as I can in the earthly, and now I'm just going to stand up for what's right in this day and just go into a FEMA camp and just go into USA Auschwitz with the Third Reich spirit behind the deep state that wants to kill Christians severely. It's the spirit of Satan. Of course, Satan hates your guts if you're going into the things of Jesus. Jesus is the one that kicked Satan out of heaven. No wonder why he hates you so much if you're real Christians. You are into the person that destroyed his life. That's why he's trying to destroy your life because you're a little bit into Jesus. Come on now. Now, if you keep going deeper into Jesus, you don't get destroyed. He does. But you can't do that in the terrestrial. You'll never have the justice you want in your civilization in the terrestrial. I don't care how fiery you think you are, how many 40-day fasts you do every year, how much time you spend in the Bible, the holiness of your life. Because of the elevation... (coughs) And the lack of the heavenly resurrection, it's impossible. It's impossible. From the terrestrial, you can't take down celestial bodies. We need a company that learns very controversial teachings. And that's our specialty. Most people can't stomach half the stuff in RLM because they're just not mature enough or radical enough or willing to go into areas because they're fearful They got covenants with the enemy. They got junk in their lives. They got other plans. Oh, I got a funeral. Oh, I I just have a new husband or a new wife. All the excuses you read about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why they can't be more radical, why they can't be Gadites, which are David's mighty men, why they can't be front lines warriors. They're into self-preservation. They got excuses for why they're clinging to their human nature. I tell you what, God's always pushing the envelope every generation. Since Jesus Christ of Nazareth and his apostles, the Holy Spirit has been desiring to make higher angelic truth more and more normal through the believers. This upgrade in this generation is going to be the biggest one yet. Oh, buddy, you're going to lose so much charismatic flakes all over the place that appeared to be on fire for God, having the gifts of the Spirit, but not going into the realms that the Holy Spirit's leading them in. Now, the Bible says 
If you love him, you obey the leadership of the Spirit of God. It's not so much as just even maintaining some kind of Christianity down here as it is just radically following the Spirit of Jesus. <laughs> what makes you front lines is your willingness to go places no one's going, in this case, into the heavenlies, into the angelic, into the realms of principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, like angels with angel armies. Now, what it takes to become angelic cannot be practiced in earthly Christianity. It'll take the miraculous becoming the normal, sustaining your supernatural spirit for decades. Where you'll be so used to living in the power of God on the inside that every season it's easier and easier through his power working in you to rise higher and higher in your inner man. A lot of you right now are bewitched that you're still trying to do it in your outer man through your senses and reasoning. Just get the devil out of you. That's not how Christianity works. That's Satan. God is working in your spirit to develop your spirit man in maturity first. He's the father of spirits. If you know him as the father of external discipline, that's the devil coming as an angel of light. If he's fathering your spirit, outward transfiguration is automatic. My cup overflows. If you're allowing him to deal with the core of your being, right in your diaphragm, and you're allowing lightning to go in, you're allowing the food of the word to go in, and then you're wanting your spirit and allowing your spirit to do that work. Then the light of the word will be outpouring from your bellies like rivers of living water every day. What is the river? It's the outflowing of the word in the believer's spirit. Yeah, it's the evidence that someone is working in the word in their deep places, in their secret place. The Bible tells you <clears throat> God dwells in the secret place. We want him to be seen. God's not interested in being seen. To be seen of men, the gospel says, is your rewards. God wants you to see him inside your spirit tonight. He wants you to allow the word to cut your heads open, penetrate your mind and your psyche, and allow you to look inside your spirit and begin to see God. Growing in the seer anointing is the only way to open up the celestial path. You cannot rise unless you're walking in the seer anointing. Unless you see angels ascending and descending. Nathaniel, day one, guys. Day one. What qualified him? His spirit man had no agenda. Just God and God's will. Give up the cares of your hearts. Give up your own interpretations of Scripture. Give up all your religiosity. Give it up and you will see. 
Why? Because God only indwells those who have given up. Give up the ghost. What ghost? Your ghost. Get into the Holy Ghost. Get out of you. Get into him. And in the deep you will swim. Deeper in the river. And the eyes are in the living waters. Now where the water flows, you begin to see. It'll flow right through you and out your heads and your minds. And when the light of God mixes with the living water, that's how rainbows are formed. Rainbows are the ability of the seven spirits of God that have worked through your spirit, that have worked through your soul. We needed to work through your flesh too. He can so crucify your flesh with glory every day that your body is a willing temple of the rainbow of the menorah of God. Now, Holy Spirit comes as a deposit. The word deposit there is first fruits are 1%. So Pentecostals have about 1% of Holy Spirit working in them. You got all 1 Corinthians 14? Yeah, 1%, buddy. 1% only. All the giftings of the Holy Spirit are 1%. Anyone that says otherwise is a terrestrial Christian and a liar. The real big manifestations come when you go up into the celestial realm. The angels standing on the sun. One person standing on the sun with that archangel Raphael has more ability than every charismatic Christian on earth combined. Bob Jones called them a majority of one. Why? Because the Father's ability has begun. We need you to get out of your ability or your ability to work the gifts of the Spirit and get up into higher realms where the Father is because the Bible tells you the Father is not on earth at all there's no christianity on earth of all time that has had father god in it which means people just have theology about god they don't know god at all they know the holy spirit a little bit we get familiar with the holy spirit stop walking real close through the holy spirit because the holy spirit's trying to raise us up into the word of the father okay first what does the bible say first john chapter five let's turn there glory everyone who trusts Jesus as the long awaited anointed one is a child of God and everyone who loves the father cannot help but love the child fathered by him then how do we know if we truly love God's children We love them if we love God and keep his commands. You see, to love God means that we keep his commands. And his commands don't weigh us down. Everything that has been fathered by God overcomes the corrupt world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. I'm in the voice translation, 1 John 5, verse 6. 
Who is the person conquering the world? What's the word world? Cosmos. Who is the person conquering the sun? Think sun when you hear world. Conquering lights. It is the one who trusts that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus, the Anointed One, is the one who came by water and blood. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. The Spirit of God testifies to this truth because the Spirit is the truth. So there are three testifying witnesses. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. All three are in total agreement. If we accept the testimonies of people, then we must realize the testimony of God is greater than that of any person. God certified the truth about His own Son. Anyone who trusts the Son of God has this truthful testimony at the core of His being. Look at it as carrying the Testament or the stone tablets of the Testament inside the Ark of the Covenant. Anyone who trusts the Son of God has the tablets of the Ark of the Covenant at the core of his being. Amen? That's literally how you store up treasures in heaven, is allowing tablets, the Word of God, to be inscribed upon your spirit man and your spirit man upon the heavenly places, the heavenly realms. It's absolutely true. He will write his word upon the moon in you. He writes his word not on water, but on stone. What are these living stones? They are the angelic spheres. He will write his truthful testimony at the core of your being. The core of your being is where all the emanations of God's light flow from. Notice, as your wisdom grows in the heavenly wisdom that created the heavens, then you'll have the ability to, for God's word to be written on those tablets. They're called heavenly tablets in the book of Enoch. Reading the heavenly tablets is reading the word written on the core of your being. If you don't read the word on the core of your being, you're still into externalism. I will write my word upon the core of your being, Hebrews says. What's the difference between Old Testament and New Testament? Old Testament written externally. The Bible says the New Testament is written internally, not externally. Internally in the core of your being. Growing in Christ is allowing a greater inscription upon a greater tablet. What kind of soil did you give God at the first? Whatever you had. Now that you've grown in wisdom and you've conquered, what does the Bible say? through your faith the world, you have given him the world to inscribe his word upon. Now your core being isn't like an ant. 
your core being is not like a human limited small vessel on a tiny little speck of dirt in a solar system. It's no longer minuscule. It becomes mega, mega, mega according to your conquering of faith that conquers the world. Now he's writing even the same words. John 3.16 ain't the same as when you put it under your eyeballs at Super Bowl. Now you've written it in the core of your being. Now you've written it on the sun in your heart. Now you've written it in all the sapphire stones in your celestial bodies. Why couldn't he do that at the first? Because you'd never heard it. Faith comes by hearing. You didn't even know it was available. We had faith for salvation from hell because that's what we heard. That's what we were converted into. As your faith grew, the ability to inscribe grows as well. This is the only way to keep growing in Christ. Notice at any point that you don't give him soil, that there's no growing. If you don't give him more room to work with through a greater faith, he can't write a greater word in you. The Apostle Paul says the same thing. Solid meat is for the mature. How did they mature? By learning what's available. Why were they immature? Because they limited God's word to themselves. When you're immature, God's word is limited to you. That's why you're offended by stuff you can't even do. This is an impossible teaching, Jesus. Who can obey this crap? That's what they were mumbling. Because they had no faith for the cosmos to be consumed through the gospel. The Bible says the mature ones will preach a gospel in the mid-heavens, mid-air. And it will be 100% angelic based on the angel's ability, not your human being ability. What's our problem? A gospel mixed with human ability. The only thing the Bible says that will finally terminate false Christianity mixed in with the truth is when we raise a standard and make it cosmic. This is where you just lose all of the flakes. Because what makes them flakes is the charisma upon their humanity. You come up into these realms, you think the archangel is going to tolerate any human BS. You think they can't see right through you like reading a newspaper. There ain't one thing about you hidden from them. They see you inside and out. They know your weaknesses and your strengths. They come from Jesus Christ, so they have a great love for you. But they're not playing around. And many of them have extremely serious personalities. And they'll just leave if you're goofing off. If you are clinging to your, your humanity, the angels don't stick around. They're, not, they're gone. It will come back when you're serious. That's what the Bible teaches. You go around the mountain. They're up on top of the mountain. They're inside the cloud that the Bible says was only on the mountaintop, which is in the cosmic realm. We know from Scripture, one-third of the fallen angels are in that realm. Therefore, we know from Scripture, two-thirds of the Holy Ghost 
obedient angels are in the same exact realm. These are the realms the mountain of the Lord is raising us up into. What you deal with is how different the culture of the angels are from your human earthly cultures. They think it's fringe. They think it's fanaticism. They think it's crazy. They'll call it heresy. They'll call it cult. They'll have every name in their human books of blasphemy to attack you when you go up into the angelic culture. But now you don't care at all anymore because you're with the archangels. You're with the seraphim, cherubim, and ophanim. You know you're a majority of one because of the price you paid of burning out your humanity for the lower opinionations of liars and sinners in the earth. You know, you could have all the Christian junk on you and be a lying, sinful human being. That's what Laodicean is. Why do you think Jesus Christ says in the red letters, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. You have all the Christian junk on you in your life. You're even living in the culture of it. It looks like God. It looks like Jesus. But I tell you the truth, unless it's angelic, you're not even halfway there. What we've done is prostituted the New Testament out to an earthly human manifestation with irrevocable grace gifts and said, we're good. And we think we're going to have revival in our little sandboxes down here. You know, revival is going to come from the mountaintop with the angels in the cosmic angelic sphere when people pay the price for their whole human nature to be incinerated and anathema out of them. Only then do you even have a clue. Everything beforehand was literally blindness. Now, they're all Jews in Israel. They're all going to synagogue. They're all listening to the same Jewish rabbis and teachings. Jesus said about those people, they were blind, leading blind, and dead, leading dead. Do you realize Messiah said the faithful church people were blind and dead? That's what the Bible says that. They were blind and dead. You could come to Joel's bar every day and be blind and dead. That's not the issue. The issue is if you followed him up with your inner man into the realm of angels. What makes us alive? Resurrection. Literally, nothing else can put life, God's quality of life, into that body except the resurrection. You study resurrection in the New Testament. It's the apostolic doctrine of the promised land. It's the whole goal of the New Testament. To become the children of the resurrection and completely angel-like. That's the goal of being a follower of Jesus. Okay? This reality comes internally and it begins to contradict your entire existence what you think is pure what you think is love is lies truth anyhow and god will get aggressive with you if you're serious he chastises scourges those he accepts as sons which means you've allowed him to treat you like a son which means you have presented your body as a burnt offering And you ain't going to get off the altar. I mean, this is how 
you become real disciples. And allowing the Father to confront your belief systems, your cultural garbage, your identity with even your state's cultures. What a filthy abomination. I mean, seriously, if you think American culture is going to bring forth revival, you're delusional, man. It'll be angelic culture that brings forth awakening, and it will supersede and override all the traditions of men, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is our enemy. The good are the hardest ones to give up. Most believers are in the strongholds of good right now. Not God's angelic goodness. Not the celestial goodness of the archangel of the sun with rainbow lightnings exuding through his head. We don't have that as normal Christianity down here. We have just be good people. Be obedient in the earth. In other words, be the slaves of Pharaoh. We have traded out angelic celestial goodness for slavery of earthly goodness under the fallen angels. God has said this a hundred times because it's the truth anyhow. These Christians that we love so much, therefore tell you the truth, are more incarcerated in Babylon the Great than 400 years of Israel in Pharaoh's Egypt building bricks. Slavery was so ingrained to them that they were subconsciously incarcerated. Slavery to the externalism of false light, even governmental systems, even societal norms, even Christian traditions, Pentecostal, charismatic traditions, have so enculturated us that our traditions have nullified the power of the Word of God to do what? Resurrect us! Do we even want a resurrection? The resurrection's the truth. There's no rapture. There is no rapture. There's a resurrection. What you can call a rapture when you get all the doctrines of demons out of you, which means glory to glory in the angelic. That's why, Nathaniel, you will see angels. Why? With no guile, it makes room for the resurrection. When life comes from God, he says 100% of the time, Old Testament, they went up into a mountain. New Testament, they went up in a resurrection. Every single time there is ascension, it comes with resurrection. Through ascension and resurrection, we are raptured daily from glory to glory. What is the purpose? Why? God is instilling his character, his angelic ability, his angelic intelligence to make heaven our literal and culture through a continuous internal enculturation, which is the definition of the apostolic nature of Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's the name. That's the nature apostolic enculturation of the angelic internal which means every other type and shadow of temptation demon devil religious thing even the false prophet the beast and the red dragon will be exposed as you're tempted in the resurrection very few have ever been raised very high a lot of people 
go in and out of a rapture if they become mystics throughout the ages. There were a very, very small remnant of believers that got into ecstasies. He wants everyone to be raptured constantly in angelic ecstasy. What is the angelic ecstasy? Just the emanations of being around the angels. They live in angelic ecstasy. It's the essence of these holy spirits. Amen. Which means if you become a number with the angels, going up with bands of angels, you'll get enculturated into the atmosphere they live in. The standard of the angels is really high. Really, really high. So high, it constantly confronts the lukewarmness of our human standards. I don't care how Christian or how fiery you think they are. If they're not perfectly angelic with the angels, you're lost. You don't even understand the purpose of Christianity yet. A lot of people, I have watched so many people, they just say, forget the resurrection. I'm just going to be good out here in the earth. I'm just going to be good in my business. Listen, man, your business goes up with you. Your business is with your Father in heaven. Every aspect of your life gets upgraded when you become more angelic. The new creature wants to grow. That's the deepest longings, the yearnings of your inner man is for more of him. I must decrease. He must increase. Everyone on fire for God that loves God is desiring more of God and desiring less of themselves. What is lukewarmness? No longer desiring less of yourself. In fact, they turn to witchcraft, clinging to self. Now add God unto me. God can be my servant. God can serve me. The priests can serve me. The apostles and prophets can give me a prophetic word. Feed me, 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 I, 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 and you're gone. You stop bringing the offering of your human nature, and now you've made God your servant. God's your king. You're his servant. See how opposite the human being makes Christianity when the demons lead you astray by your own covetousness? We get greedy in Christianity all the time. We need maturity to rebuke the snot out of that garbage. We need actual angelic maturity to confront strongholds of belief systems in our current Christian state and to shake that stuff. That's the celestial strongholds. Celestial bodies that are shaken, I'll tell you what they are. They're Christian strongholds in mindsets of whole regions. All continents believing junk that God doesn't believe. Celestial realms strangling them, keeping them down in a terrestrial state. Even allowing a little bit of Holy Ghost sauce or, you know, whatever. You can even, even feel the glory. I'll, he'll let you have trances as long as you don't go up and take the heavenly spheres. Anything! Satan will let you have anything from God as long as he keeps the celestial realm. Do you understand that? That's why the temptation for these Christian flakes is going to go from bad to worse. Because most of them are like the Hebrews seeking signs and wonders. Seeking gemstones. 
seeking revival, seeking all the kumbaya stuff of the sand. And then, oh, here's the signs and wonders, and it's just all the devil. The devil, guys. This is how deep you are into the end times. Troth anyhow. We need a people seeking angelic culture, terminating human culture to save your souls. It is so desperate right now, but it's so wonderful you go up because you're going up into eternity. Time's different up here when you become resurrected in spirit and in morals, which is spirit and soul. In that same body you're in right now, lay hands on your belly. Let your spirit man be loosed from Satan. Let your soul be loose from Satan and from all religious hooks, rebellious hooks in you. Let them dissolve in your spirit and soul and rise. Let there be resurrection power infused into your spirit, man. Let even your angels get whacked with power and be upgraded. Amen. And take your spirit and soul and you go up. They help you go up. The purpose of having angels isn't just to protect you. Oh, get a life. It's to help you inherit salvation. It's true. The purpose of the function of the angelic is to constantly rear and raise the inner child and to help the child return home to his father in heaven and to experience your father internally in a greater height of resurrection some of these heights you get sealed at whoo you just feel the father the strongest you ever felt and the whole thing you've gone through in your past you say it's worth it i do it a million times who cares what these sinners have done to me down below full of demons all these liars everywhere let them sin i will rise to my god i will rise on jacob's ladder I will go from glory to glory and pay any price, any price of misunderstanding. You'll be misunderstood, you'll be betrayed, you'll be persecuted, you'll be lied about, you'll be slandered. You've seen it publicly, the price we've paid for the apostolic anointing. It's not even going to be that bad for you guys. Pioneers have been pioneering it for your whole entire generation for decades truth anyhow well while most of you haven't even awakened yet but the preaching of the cosmic sphere with the angel with the sun rainbow crown that seven thunder that seven lightning gospel of the conquering of the mid heavens and the throwing down of principality strongholds over the whole body of Christ it's going to awaken people to what an open heavens actually is and open heavens is so you rise up into them. You don't just stay under an open heavens. You read the Bible, the open heavens of Jacob. He went up into the heavens. Even in the Old Testament. New covenant is you're learning how to maintain that elevation. How to stay there. Changing your food. Changing your words. Circumcising your mouth and your tongue. Changing all your actions and deeds every day how you interact with the opposite sex totally different than ever before how you use your senses your reasoning how you use your time how you use your money every aspect of your life transfigured because you're valuing the higher angelic you know what you've paid those who haven't paid a price they don't even value any of this stuff because they haven't even gone up 
one ladder of Jacob, who is the son Tiferet. They haven't gone up into one luminary angelic sphere ability. They haven't even begun to sacrifice their humanity for the angelic, which is what ascension and resurrection always will require for everyone who rises from the dead. As you rise, it's revealed that it's dead. You didn't know it was dead before. The stuff you know that's dead, that goes right away. That peels off you right away. Saul knew he was blind. Scales came off his eyes right away. What did he deal with 14 plus 3 years in Arabia? All the stuff in him, he didn't even know was dead. Even after that, more stuff after that. God always confronting us, challenging us to be more angelic every day. We need this challenge. Rise to the challenge. Your spirit likes the challenge. The new creature likes hearing the gospel of the archangels shout. The gospel of the archangels lightnings. The gospel of the sons of God thundering. The gospel that's impossible for the human, only possible for the new creature. It gives you hope of glory. Because there's a part of you that can grow to be more like dad every day. To feel better, purer, holier, spotless, without wrinkle, bride of Christ, equally yoked to him in the heavenly sphere with angelic ability. Watch your ability. Gabriel ability. Michael ability. Raphael ability. Fanuel ability. Uriel ability. Metatron ability. Sandalphon ability, sun, moon, and star ability. I saw the path of all the angelic spheres and their laws, their actions, and their names. It is written. You come up here, you begin to learn angelic ability. This is the great awakening, actually. People that rise up into the realm of the second heavens of the book of Revelation and take back the heavens and make the heavens new, make the the moon new, the moon will shine like the sun and the sun like seven days in one day. Meaning you're going to get used to cosmic Christianity. It's the only thing left to actually pioneer and conquer in the universe. The earth is done done you're listening to liars down there that say the local church church is the standard liars false leaders they might have been used at one time now they're against the prophetic now they're against the promised land deceivers and liars everywhere in christianity nowadays the truth is lightnings will come down from the sun moon and stars and smite these bad leaders Get out of the way for my people that want to inherit the angelic sphere, to possess the promised land, to make the heavens new. The angel's been standing up there for thousands of years waiting on our maturity. As soon as we internally resurrect to those realms, they're activated, guys. Therefore, the workers at the end, why? Because we're finally mature, are the angels. That's the only standard in existence in this world right now. Don't waste your time on any other nonsense. 
the kumbaya crap, your daily devotional abomination, all the stuff you're doing down there in the human being, terminate it, rise up in the angelic, and sprint up the celestial mountain of the Holy Ghost as fast as you can. We need people to just shake the dust off of them, shake the sand off of them, shake the world off of them, and rise and conquer and overcome the world and begin to learn the higher things of God. And we will teach you stronger meat every season. We will. There are higher things in store for you that you're not ready to hear about yet. There are languages. There are greater wisdoms that have never been uttered. The seven lightnings and the seven thunders were sealed until the end. What's the end? When we become angel-like Christians, when we step into the actual order of Melchizedek, when we get into the first family's great wisdom of the moon and the sun and the stars and literally have all of them working through celestial bodies and it becomes as real as everything else. Listen, As you begin to practice this stuff, all the deception of the darkness, the magic arts of the fallen angels and sin that was upon your minds burns away. Your eyes begin to be opened. You begin to see in the eternal realm. You begin to live for eternity and value celestial things, value angelic things, where you can't even do stuff if it's temporary anymore. If it's just of no eternal value, it's not even something you can consider anymore. This is the evidence of a transformed life. They only do eternal works. They only do what their father's doing. They only speak what their father's saying. They're circumcised tongues. They only speak the word that has come down today from God. You notice it can change. God's word is different every day. It's a daily bread. Learn to only speak what God is saying today. But make sure you're speaking it. And learn how to talk. Because God is saying something new every day. Even if it's the same verse 10,000 times, if it came down today, it's new today. Because it came down today. It's not yesterday's word. He could drop the same scripture on you for 5,000 days and it would be daily bread. Why? Because it freshly came down from God. And you get into the freshness of the river. You learn how to eat. You don't get addicted to just being stimulated by knowledge and the newest fad of teaching. All this garbage that false Christians go after. False mysticism tempting you against daily bread. God will often come down as some kind of common word. Doesn't need to be super expialidocious, super califragilistic. It's not some crazy thing all the time, although sometimes it absolutely is. What it is, is whatever will usually humble you to come out of whatever dumb thing you're involved in in your brain right now. Me too. I need it every day. The word is our daily correction in the narrow way. And we don't know what it's going to be because it didn't come from us. This is how we get to know our Father. And the more we hear and obey His word that comes down to us, we go up to receive it every day and then we release it in a higher realm by doers of the word, not hearers only. 
Hearing only produces demons every time. They get lazy. They get slothful. They get complacent. They harden their hearts towards the word of God. But it's in the daily bread, staying childlike. You know, one of the main characteristics of being a kingdom person, Jesus said, is being a child. What does that mean? Learning how to receive food from your parents. That's what kids do. If you don't feed them, you know, they'll have a fit. Guess what? God's the same way for his kids. He gives us daily food because he's the best parent. We need to be good kids that learn how to eat his meals. The enemy's offering you other meals, the Bible says. That's how the demons get them. Other cups and other tables of food prepared for your spirit and your soul and your mind and your body. Oh, you test those tables. Jesus turned over those tables and only ate the word from his God in heaven. You'll do the same if you're consistent. You'll make mistakes. Don't even worry about it. You will drink the cups of demons. You've already done it a thousand times, so just get over it. You've already eaten the tables of demons hundreds and hundreds of times in your lives already. So now it's just learning how to exclusively go up and eat from this one table of Melchizedek, of the heavenly Jerusalem, which means we can't just go to Salem or Jerusalem to get this meal from God. Okay? In Abraham's day, you could just go over there into the sand and there's God and you just eat the new covenant. Today, it requires ascension, resurrection into the realms of angels to eat angels' bread. You have to go up into the heavenly Jerusalem to eat the bread of God. And you will. You'll eat it from the priests and the priests will teach you how to ascend and resurrect and you'll strengthen this new covenant priesthood with me. That's how the sons of God are formed. That's how the overcomers are formed. That's how the heavenly Jerusalem's formed. This is how we conquer the heavens by populating the heavens by a people that no longer eat an earthly word from earthly Christian leaders. Those are the false leaders in our day. Those are the leaders of Antichrist. Many of them have been even used in the past, but aren't going up into the thing God's doing today. If you don't walk with me higher, Jesus Christ said, you're not worthy of me if you turn back. If you haven't ascended from glory to glory, 20, 30, 40 years, don't think any of them are actually Christian leaders. If they haven't ascended and have taught the narrow way and the path of righteousness that makes the inner man shine brighter by eating the word of God and doing it angelically, they will never lead you. That's the main problem out here. 950 false leaders to every true one trying to help you resurrect and eat the word in heavenly Jerusalem. Go up into the marriage feast. Notice it's called feast because they've learned how to eat. They've learned how to drink the blood of Jesus. They learn how to drink the living water. They get the tears wiped from their eyes so they're not into religious sorrow like Judas Iscariot crying. Right? Truth anyhow, you get all the dumb human lies of religion out of you. When Jesus leads you, the waters deal with your spirit, soul, and flesh. The fire deals with you. You become like him. Just cling to him. 
and do what he tells you to do. If you don't, you can't grow. Go back to the last thing he commanded you to do, repent and obey, you'll start growing again. You probably got 95% of born-again believers stunted in their growth because they disobeyed in their adolescence some command of God that was too hard for them, too inconvenient. Don't get involved with that spouse or that boyfriend, that girlfriend. Keep keep yourselves pure. Don't drink alcohol. You know, be something like that. And then it's like all the, the pleasures of the flesh are tempted and they get astray. Don't get into religion. Stay free. Don't join that church. Stay free. Be with John the Baptist in the river. And we just don't obey. And so we stunt our growth. People literally will stunt their growth for 10, 20, 30, most of them their entire lives. That's why they never grow up into the secret stairway of the sky. They never have continuous internal raptures. They're not walking in glory clouds on the inside. It's not so bright in them that they can have to squint all the time because they can't even see through their brain because there's so much Shekinah glory of the Word of God inscribed upon their heart. I mean, how many believers are living like that, guys? Well, that's that's like normal babyhood in the glory as you begin to rise and you go higher than that and your eyes begin to flash like fire. Your eyes begin to flash like the sun blazing through your eyeballs. Stars flash. God wants to upgrade you in the stars. You can do it as easily as you become God inside minded. As soon as you cross right through your diaphragm, the veil's torn, you're in the cosmos. Now the issue is renewing the blind brain to that above world and those above waters like we read in Genesis 1 yesterday. The above waters are simply the internal waters within. As soon as you go within, you begin to awaken above. God inside minded is dealing with the above realm. You can't go into that realm unless you're God inside minded. So you have to be fully God inside minded. Then that realm, the above world, the angelic world, begins to be revealed to the stubborn blind brain. Sometimes it'll just take faith and just fire coming out of your heart for a while to deal with how much insane sin has filled our brains. You'll deal with stuff there you had no idea you even had. But if you keep dealing with it, some of you just put hands on your forehead when you're reading the word. Put your hand right on your forehead. I'll inscribe my name on their foreheads. What's his name? The word of God. Just put your hands right in the center of your forehead and just deal with some of that darkness in your brains. That's where the deep darkness is on the people. The God of this world has blinded their hearts and minds. You can drive it out. Father God, deal with your people to drive out the darkness, to help them have vision in the heavenly angelic realms with the angels. Amen. Then you'll always know God's word and will every day and he'll even give you long-term stuff it's not just daily spontaneous stuff he's like he'll have five-year goals 10-year goals 15-year goals that's Bob Jones come with the hundred-year goals of God the Father all the way through 2060 he'll do that with you as well But the more mature governmental leaders, the apostles and prophets that have helped you along the way will have the overall vision of the Father like the blueprints 
for the entire building of all the kingdom worldwide. And you will play your part as you go up into your angelic ability that's dormant and waiting for you above your head right now. As you strip off your human nature, you go right up into that angelic ability. You have it waiting for you in heaven. It's true. Now it's your choice to sacrifice the stuff that you're clinging to in the earthly. Break it off you. Stay free. Don't go back into slavery of whatever sin it was, religion or rebellion. All of it ensnares you into the dirt for serpents to crawl over your heads, stealing your celestial inheritance. Break it off of you. Go up into your celestial inheritance. Your celestial inheritance is your angelic ability. It is the new covenant promised land. It's becoming exactly like yad heh vav Seveyat, Lord of Angel Armies. And yad heh vav Elohim, God the creator of worlds. And you'll recreate worlds angelically with him, which means you'll finally be equally yoked to him with divine ability, which is what? Angelic ability is all divinity and divine ability. We need a lot more of it. At the end of the age, that's the only ability he will tolerate being demonstrated. None of the rest of it will even be him. Beware of anyone saying they're demonstrating God and come do this, come do that. False messiahs everywhere. False Christ, false apostles everywhere. The ones that are leading you up to the book of Revelation and the conquering and the inheritance of the second heavens have the Father's interests in mind. That's the narrow way. That's the path of righteousness. This season, let us all go up to the archangel standing on the sun. Let the lightning of the sun deal with your strongholds in your mind, strongholds in your DNA, strongholds in your humanity, and your culture. Financial strongholds is a big one. Poverty will be dealt with ferociously with lightning and thunder. It'll be incinerated. So will all covetousness and greed. All sin will be burnt up as you approach him through wisdom and sacrifice and obedience and an ever-increasing holiness in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. (laughs) Amen. Become a supporter of the armies of the living God. Holy Spirit and the angels assigned elect ministering spirits speak into every heart and mind accurately the measure of financial sacrifice those listening and watching are to participate with Red Letter Ministries. Help them in finances, in obedience, and sacrifices to inherit salvation, to become obedient in the things of the natural, obedient with money, obedient with their flesh, obedient with their senses and their minds and their eyes, obedient with all their souls. Help them to obey and hear accurately. And let the blessings pour into their lives as they're obedient. The rewards of obedience be extravagant upon those that are hearing directly from their holy angels sent from God to inherit a greater salvation in their natural realm, in their businesses, in their families, 
for their households to be saved, to go from glory to glory, not just in their spirit, but in all their flesh and in all their bones and in all their finances and in all their health. Let healing be like the noonday sun rising in their hearts, beaming through their brains. Let the sun be like a shield. The Bible says God is a sun and a shield. When you are favored by God, by being obedient to God, He is your sun and shield, it is written. Be a sun of favor and a shield of protection around every obedient partner who brings sacrifice and offerings into Red Letter Ministries. Bless them. Make them an example of obedience that others may learn from them in their regions, in their cities, in their nations. And let radical, righteous, resurrected obedience become the norm in the apostleship of the Lamb over all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
Make me one. 
Make me what you want me to be.